Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. Hello and welcome into Smooth Operators, Weagle 91.1 FM's exclusive Formula One show. I'm going to keep saying we're exclusive until somebody takes it away from us. My name's Noah Phillips. The man to the right of your radio dial is Griggs Blankenberg. Ben McClurkin is not here because he had a truck engine failure, so Lord knows how long he's going to be out. Kind of like a Ferrari. Hey, you be quiet over there. You be quiet over there. But uh, we'll... Await his return and wait, await for him to fix his truck. Uh, hopefully, he is not DNF'd for too long. Hopefully not, but we'll see what happens. As qualifying is just now ending, if you do not know, it is a sprint weekend. I'm trying to see. Oh, yep, there's my audio in my ears. They were gone. But yeah, it looks like it will be Max Verstappen once again taking pole position. As it stands right now, he's being congratulated by some of the people in Qatar, and I think that should do it. Yes, Max Verstappen will be your pole sitter for uh, for Sunday morning's race in Qatar. As a reminder, it's a sprint weekend, which we're going to talk about more later, but Max, Lando, and George Russell will round out the uh, the starting three, and uh, Piastri will be in the fourth. So the first two rows, Verstappen, Norris, Russell, and Piastri. So two McLarens in the top four for that. But we will talk more about that one a little bit later. Now, let's get into the news, as we call it here, Noah. News. And the big one out of Formula One this week was about not even a team in Formula One yet. What what am I talking about, Noah? Yet. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Andretti gaining FIA approval of bid to enter F1 as the 11th team. So this is according to Reuters. Formula One's governing body, the FIA on Monday, backed a bid by American Michael Andretti, son of the 1978 world champion Mario Andretti, to enter a new 11th team subject to approval by the commercial rights holders. They are into the next stage of the application process and commercial discussions with Formula One management. And now they are just going through the loop on how this is going to happen. Um, Renault-owned Alpine has said they will supply the engines if Andretti Cadillac wins approval from the FAA and the commercial rights holders. However, other F1 teams have been lukewarm towards expanding the grid, where you have diluting the overall pot of revenues. Some also feel the current $200 million entry fee, which would be, shatter- which would be shared among the existing 10 teams' compensation, is not enough, and people already talking about it, was Lawrence Stroll earlier this week being one of the first people to say that they do not need another team in Formula 1, which is interesting. I can't pull up that article yet. I do remember seeing that about it, though. So an American-backed team, Andretti Racing, is got the FIA approval. Now it's just on to one of the last few steps. Yes, Aston one. yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, is what Lawrence Stroll said talking about Andretti. So, Noah. Well, I mean, we had talked uh, last week, last week, the week beforehand, about uh, how the FIA had already begun to kind of narrow their choices down. I believe it was Andretti and a uh, couple of other teams, and I think everybody kind of knew that they were going to pick 
uh, Andretti, the bigger name in motorsport, especially with it having the name of Andretti, uh, you know, calls upon that history of Mario and all them. Um, two of those great winners in the past. And then you have Andretti Motorsport, who now uh, is very good in Formula One, or not Formula One, but IndyCar, excuse me, IndyCar and a bunch of other racing series. So I think this will be very good for the FIA. I don't really see why they wouldn't um, go ahead and approve it. I get that some of the teams will be mad that the uh, winning shares are not big enough. I would lobby to think that they would eventually then decide to just go ahead and up it a little bit because the media stuff right now is going up. I think that F1 will find a return on investment if they kick up those winnings and overall prize share if they bring this 11th team in there, especially with uh, it being an American team, being able to really put the um, American flag and be a uh, get supporters from the motherland that is known as America. Because look at Haas, even though it's based out in North Carolina, it's not really an American team. But with Andretti, it could really be the team that Americans get behind and become a reason to wake up every morning and watch Formula One. Or go to one of the three races we have in America, Miami, Coda, and now Las Vegas. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, um, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think they'll get approval. It's just a matter of the fact of just them not, again, like diluting the pot. I mean, they've had more than 11, they've had more than 22 racers before in Formula One. It's just a matter of how is it going to come down from a revenue standpoint, which might be hard for them to get approved by, um, especially with if you already have Lawrence Stroll talking about that. I don't, I can't believe the higher ups of different programs like Red Bull, um, Mercedes, McLaren. I feel like the more like I don't know what Ferrari is going to think about that. So, I mean, it could happen. I mean, there's also the op- option of like, why don't you just buy one of the other teams? I, but that's just besides the point. I mean, I don't think there's really anybody that's looking to sell right now. I think that's yeah, no, it's like problem. no, why? There's no reason to sell. I mean, it's not like the uh, media rights and all that aren't also going down. It's not like F one's not growing in money and popularity. So there's really no reason for if you're a team to sell unless you absolutely just can't do it. Mm-hmm. But with, I hope they realize that Andretti coming in would definitely go ahead and open up completely. We've seen it open up uh, some here in the American market, but I think if Andretti comes in and really hones into the fact that they're American, it would open the floodgates of the American market, which would force the winner's share or overall pot to definitely expand. No, and I agree with that. Like, it will definitely expand, especially to get more teams, especially they're begging for more and more American interaction. It's just a matter of, again, how what is it going to look like? I mean, I think they need a more concrete plan on how to present it to the different F1 teams who seem pretty convinced in their ways. I mean, Lawrence Stroll is kind of right in a way where he's saying, like, this 10-team thing is going well right now. Why would we just throw in another team in there, just kind of get more crowded in the paddock, get more crowded on the grid, on the track, just everything in that. When you already have a little bit of an overtaking problem sometimes in Formula 1 where it's really – some tracks very rarely promote good racing, if that makes sense. Yeah, and 
it would definitely become a problem. I think it would it would clutter clutter up the track a, a good bit to have two more cars on it. But I mean, F one has spent so much money trying to loosen up the drivers and make it to where it's more overtake forces or where more overtakes can happen with the way they've affected the cars and all that sort of stuff. I I think at some point you just got to go, hey, um, we've tried our best. Overtaking will probably always be an issue with this sport. It's just the way it's designed to be. I don't think that's the biggest reason. I think it's mostly that pot that – Oh, no, that's percent. Now I'm just yeah. saying that they're just going to try to throw any way they can in there why they shouldn't let it happen, honestly. Yeah. But, I mean – I think it will. I mean, again, it's just about how they're going to prop this up to the people that make the decision, really. Because if it comes down to Liberty Media, I think Liberty Media will let them in. But it's a matter of how you appease the other teams, too. Well, I think, in the end of the day, Liberty Media is the one that's kind of uh, ha- should have the final say, no matter what the teams think. I, th- I think Liberty Media will definitely want that due to that American influence that they bring in and that American market share that they could uh, really capitalize on. I don't think it would hurt your baseline fans over in Europe or places like that. I I think they would welcome it as well, just as much as an American market. I think they'd be fine with an 11th team uh, joining the F1 circus. Yeah, I think – I think that'll be more. And then Williams has come out also within the last little bit here. So this is like probably within the last hour. James Voles, the team boss at Williams, said that his team is categorically against Andretti joining the Formula One grid as an 11th team. Um, my, uh, my thoughts are very clear. Williams is against the addition of an 11th team and very strongly against. But I'll explain the reasons behind that and why. Um, it is... Um, the reason is why we're investing in the sports become better. We believe in the way in which sport is going in the direction. I don't really understand his point as much as Lawrence Strolls and the fact that just why we change something that's working right now. Um, so he also said, we, I actually think we have a sustainable entity for once. Teams are working more and more together. We have closer racing, but it should be known. It is not just us that are financially stable. I'd say probably half or us not, not just us that are not financially stable. It's probably half the grid. So they're saying that 11th team would dilute it more so the teams don't get as much money. So like a Williams, a Haas, don't have that money. I just don't really see that, though, because it. I don't think they're thinking about the fact that, like, it would improve the market over here, and I think that would generate more revenue for it would increase revenue streams for those back marker teams, especially a Williams um, who has an American driver, uh, maybe not as much for a Haas or another back marker, but you would still find out a way to really get that revenue back because I'm, I would imagine Liberty Media F1, whoever's in control of that pot that decides uh, money given out at the end of the year would have to increase it if it continues – if the continue, if the sport continued to get bigger and all that sort of stuff, and sponsors would uh, you get more uh, stuff in there? Um, I think they're saying that it's diluting it just because again, Williams is now owned by an American as well, or Amer- like a 
I forgot how they pronounce it, but <clears throat> I think they're just against it because, again, like the revenue sharing. I know you're talking about more sponsorships, American, all that. It's just a matter of just, again, small team having to, like, share the wealth, per se, for that, with that. So it's going to be interesting. But, I, but it's just so confusing to me why you wouldn't want to see that revenue go up. Especially if you're getting that, you'd get 200 million entry fees split between the teams. That's 10 million each team. So, or no, that's, sorry, that's 20 million each team. I was thinking in terms of drivers. So 20 million each team. So that will offset some of the cost a little bit. But, I mean, you never know. I mean, you could also with them. I mean, we're not even talk about. It. We'll talk about that next. But what are we going to talk about next? And we're going to talk about the future of F1's rights. A certain large company has entered into the mix to talk about the future of F1's media rights. Which company were we talking about? We'll talk about that after the break. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Hello and welcome into Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM or whatever podcasting platform you are listening to. And Griggs, Tim Cook is at it again, that Auburn graduate. Tim Apple, yes. Going to wait for the intro. Yep, there we go. There, you could keep going, man. I, I could have kept going. I want, the, I want the people to hear this, though. We need the people to hear this. People need to hear it. People need to hear it. So what are we talking about in this segment? Well... There's a lot of talk right now. Now, you know, we're big ratings guy here. Big here. ratings. Big we're, ratings. We're huge on media rights for different companies, whether it be NASCAR with NBC and Fox and some ESPN, I still think, right? No, we, no. Don't, we don't have anything. No ESPN anymore. It's Brett Moffitt. Oh, Brett yeah. Moffitt. God, I hope you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, I didn't mean for him to say that. But, yes, so Apple. Yes, Apple, which you're probably listening to this podcast on right now or your Apple phone. Apple is reportedly making a push for global Formula One rights. And the story, as said, on front office sports, after seeing unprecedented success in its first season of its 10-year, $2.5 billion media rights deal with the MLS, Apple appears to be setting its sights on a more considerable asset. Apple, um, The tech giant is reportedly showing strong interest in acquiring the worldwide media rights to Formula One races, according to Business F1 magazine. Apple may be willing to pay... $2 billion annually, which would double what the circuit brings in on its own. However, here's the problem. What we're going to talk about most is F1 has a long list of broadcast partners that vary by country, from ESPN in the U.S. to Sky Sports in the U.K., which is where the ESPN gets its coverage from, to Fox Sports in Australia and Mexico. And some of these contracts run for at least five more years. Um, Apple could start acquiring rights and pay a prorated fee until it attained 100% exclusivity. It is unclear if Apple would make a deal. Um, but yes, so to dumb it down a little bit, what we're trying to say is Apple wants the exclusive rights to Formula One everywhere. So if you're not familiar with the MLS's deal, they changed it where for MLS matches now on your Apple phone, you go to the Apple TV app. If you subscribe to the MLS season pass, you can get MLS wherever you are in the world. No blackouts. You can watch it on many screens as you want on your Apple ID. So there's no like account locking as like some Sunday ticket might do sometime or something like that. So, and what they're going for is you could watch F1 anywhere and it'd be the same stream. So, 
Noah, what do you think about this? Because I have my opinions on it, but I want to hear what you think first. If one ex- one writes for all, like, F1. So my biggest problem with this is, like you said with uh, the MLS, where you can watch it anywhere in the world. Are people really watching that anywhere anywhere else in the world? In the MLS? Besides, besides America, yes. Well, here's the thing, though. it's two. I said 10 years, 2.5 million annual, like forever, like for 10 years. Yeah, Apple will be paying two billion alone for a single year of Formula One. Yeah, that's what they mean. And Apple's getting the money's worth of it, of course, because Messi went to the MLS that drove subscriptions, yada yada yada. So that helps with that. So, but besides watching Messi, not really to the extent of Formula One, but yeah, this is why it's so impressive. That's why from that rate of like, hold on, let me math, let me math it real quick. Because my my thing is, you would have to you would have to have multiple broadcasts going at a time because you'd have to have um, your English, your Spanish. Um, oh, I know. I'm in like one like video thing. So 2.5 billion divided by. This. So it's around 250,000, 250 million a year for the rights to um, MLS here. So what I'm saying, well, like what would they do, what MLS does at least. So it's like, so they have to have one stream for it, but you can have different languages for it. Like, there's different broadcasters for certain MLS games, I think. So you can turn on Spanish. So it'd be multiple different commentators, but they'd be, like, one specific one for English. So if they decide to do it, it'd be, like, David Croft and Martin Brundle would be the only one you can listen to in English. So we would basically, I think, would see the end of streaming on F1 TV is what would happen, I believe, if it was a global thing. Because F1 TV is available, I think, everywhere but the U.K., so. Yeah, and with it going to Apple, I just don't see Apple as, like, a big enough streaming service. I've known, I know they have had success with um, that soccer one. Um, No, it's a good product. It it took them a while to figure it out, especially with getting subscribers. But I think it could work with Formula One. Now, the question is, you got to find out that price, the how that would kind of work with that to well, offer to people. Yeah, would you throw it inside the, like, if you get a subscription to Apple TV, or would you have, you pay $8 a month for Formula One coverage? Um, how would it be? On, I, on I, the Apple TV app, I'm looking at, if you click subscribe for MLS Season Pass right now, you could pay monthly for it, be or this is what it is for all remaining matches for 2023. But, so I think... What it was at the start of the season was like seventy, but if you got Apple TV, I think it was like fifty-five. So it's cheaper if you do have an Apple TV subscription. I think they would kind of go with that model as well. So it would be fifty. So it's kind of like a USC type thing where you have to have ESPN Plus, plus you pay for the pay. Yes, cor- can, okay. correct. That's kind of how they. would But it'd do be that. for the season. It wouldn't be it, just correct. For the, yeah. yeah. So you get the full season of that, and then if it'd be cheaper. Like how you're saying, like if you have ESPN Plus already, UFC would be cheaper than if you're just yeah, buying, buying the pay per view exactly. flat out. Yeah. I just don't see how that's a good idea for Formula One. As I mean, it's such. Maybe it's just because I'm old, and I you know I walk around with a cane. I'm bitter at everybody. I yell at clouds. I don't really like streaming services that much. Like. I only have one that I used to watch, like the WWE, and even then, it's like not conducive to like what I like to do, like Peacock type of thing. Yeah, okay. Peacock. The other thing too with this Mm -hmm. is, um, I'm guessing Formula One owns the rights to all their old races. 
I believe that's the case. I'm so, not 100% sure. I think Ben would know that if he was here. So. I'm, say, I'm pretty if sure. Ben's listening right now in Texas, and we'll say that. Say they, have to have, they have to own the rights to all their old races. But um, they did the same thing, or excuse me, NASCAR did a thing where they just released every single classic race for free on the internet to watch. I wonder if F1, if they sell it to Apple or sell it to a streaming service, if they would do the same thing of uh, putting all those classic races on that streaming service of either Apple or, yeah, in this case, Apple, who they would sell it to, and have all those old races on there. Because that could be pretty huge. Having that media library would be uh, very beneficial to them or getting new fans into the sport if you can go back and you can watch – Ayrton Senna send somebody into the wall at Suzuka or uh, Michael Schumacher racing in Monaco or just something like that to be able to show those old guys an easy or new kids an easy way to go back and watch those old races and have a complete expansive library of it uh, would be huge for the sport of Formula One. Um, again, still, I know I'm a little bit old. I know I'm a little bit too tired on this topic, but I don't like streaming services as much just because I don't like having to pay for stuff that I could just watch on TV. Uh, I know you have to pay for TV now, but um, now that I'm older, I know you have to pay for TV. I thought it was just free when I was a kid. But um, having to pay for extra stuff and not just be able to watch it on TV, I think is a little hypocritical. Mm. I would prefer they stay with ESPN or Sky Sports and all that sort of stuff. But I know it could very well be different for – other people and I, I'm, I welcome the chains, especially if they can get that whole uh, library onto a streaming service. Yeah, I think that they offered that. I think it could as well. But while they're all stealing the MLS, I think they're doing like documentaries and stuff. I mean, Apple's already got the things working with Brad Pitt on that new F1 movie. I think they're doing a Sir Lewis Hamilton documentary. So the Apple's already getting their way into. I mean, we watched the race last year in my apartment. Tim Cook waved the flag at Coda. That is right. That is right. So maybe that's just Apple just trying to work themselves in because Apple is one of the largest organizations in the world, and they're just trying to get more into this streaming rights. And kind of how Apple runs with it, kind of you've looked at their business model, is exclusivity. Like you pay for that name brand. You pay for the app, the, the Apple on the front of your computer. And I think that's what kind of went into their model with MLS thinking if we want it, we want all of it. Yep. So they want to control all of it. Not kind of like how I think it was like the Pac-12 they were talking about that. With Before their media rights, and they'd it. only be for, like, America, and they weren't doing that. Yeah. And another thing with, like, if they're talking about, I think, the Premier League in Europe, I think they're talking about that for the U.K. using Apple TV. But I think, I don't know, I think that that's the grand ticket of all. The Premier League media rights are the most expensive media rights, I think, in the world. I think that and the Champions League, just because of every country in the world's watching soccer, really. So I think if they were able to – if they're able to get one of those and then go to F1 – I think it'd be a no-brainer because it'd be like, oh, look at them. They already stream the Premier League. I mean, the Premier League's, the Premier League's now 7, 60% streamed on Peacock, I'd say, kind of around that. And then in America, I think mostly all the Champions League is streamed on, through Paramount+. Plus. So I think there's that argument. But So I think streaming does work. I don't. I think it's harder sometimes with maybe if like a few delays and stuff if you like to have more of an interest in the in sports I'd say that's the way I'm going to put it with that but I think it could work I mean Apple I've watched what they've done with 
MLS closely this year. I mean, they do a good job. I mean, they know what they're talking about, and they just have – it's not like other commentators in sports where, let let me see, like, for an example, um, Reese Davis. He'll do college football, college basketball. He'll call those things. With these people, with that for Apple, they're, like, mainly just focused on this. So you're not having someone talk about this sport and then talk about another sport. They're centrally focused on this board, like that's all they're talking about. So, if that makes sense a little yeah. bit, and I get it. It's, I feel like though for motorsports, that problem has already been like fixed because maybe I'll, no, I can't think of anybody that does like a NASCAR event or superstar racing or Formula One and then goes out and broadcast another sport. So, and I'm like you, I think it could be very, very good for a casual fan that has Apple TV and is like, well, you know, I've got it now. I might as well pay a few extra dollars and watch the sport. It'd be fun. Or uh, watches Drive to Survive or watches that Lewis Hamilton documentary, uh, goes back, watches that Brad Pitt movie that's coming out, or watches, uh, God, what's that movie called? Um, came out just a couple years ago on Netflix. Uh, about, um, ah, whatever, it's not, it doesn't matter. But, um... I think it could be very good for the casual fan. I'm a little, I am a little bit worried about the uh, the diehard fan that sees, oh, I have to buy Apple TV now. I can't just watch it on TV, which kind of worries me. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not smart enough to be one of these high-level high business execs that make these decisions. We are not, we are not in the meetings, as a former Auburn person would have said. Another Auburn person is saying right now, we got to buy Formula One. Another Auburn person is saying, we got to go to a break. Then we got to talk about this race this weekend. We got another race weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, there has been an update in qualifying. Something has happened. We'll fill you in on that after the break, and then we'll get into our track breakdown of Qatar, and then we'll give our predictions for the Formula One Aramco. Oh, wait, no, that's not the one. The Formula Oh, boy. I'm going to. The Formula One Cater. Formula One World Championship. Whatever. We're talking about guitar at the break. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back in Bradley Bates Studio. This is Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And Griggs? We got us a race weekend this weekend that I can't pronounce. The Cater, Qatar, 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 the desert. You know, it's one of them things. Yes, Qatar. Qatar. Home of the best World Cup ever, in my opinion. That was a great Oh, well, there, buddy, well. Even I know that's wrong. Yes, it was. That was a great World Cup. We didn't win it, though. We've never won a World Cup. Well, guess what? It's going to be this year. Don't worry. We don't. It's not until 2026. Uh, yeah, exactly. We'll win that year. We'll win that year. Yes, but the let's get into it. We're talking about, I couldn't say this name before the break because I didn't know the name. I forgot about it. But it was the Formula 1 Qatar Airways Qatar Grand Prix 2023. So, Qatar Airways Qatar Grand Prix. The Qatar Airways Qatar Grand Prix of Formula 1 that takes place in, in many countries, including Qatar. Formula 1 Qatar Airways uh, Qatar Grand Prix 2023 in Qatar that is happening this Sunday in Qatar at noon um, American time. Oh, wait, no, is that midnight? I think that's, hold on, mathing. No, that's noon on Sunday. Okay, so it's going to be a night race. We got another night race. It'll be at 8 p.m. there. 
yeah, I think that's what it is. 8 p.m. Tar time. But you don't listen to that. Let's talk about the circuit. Let's get into it. The first Grand Prix was held here in 2023. Did they not have it this year, this race here last uh, year? 2021. They didn't do it last year. Yeah. What did they do instead of last year? Uh, I can't remember. I thought they raced here last year. No, I no, no. Swear, I could have sworn they did. Because they were going to go back to China, and then that didn't happen, I think. I think that's what happened. Huh. I could be wrong. I don't know. They, I, didn't ra- they did not race here last year. I could be wrong, too. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, let's just go ahead and get into the talk about Qatar. So the Qatar track 2021, I'll get more on info on that in a minute. But the 2021 Qatar Grand Prix was the last one that happened here. 57 laps at this track, 5.419-kilometer track per uh, lap, 308.611 kilometers. There is no lap record here, so that means they must have changed it since the last time it happened. The last winner of Qatar Grand Prix was Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes, followed by Max Verstappen and Fernando Alonso in the Alpine. So this will be the uh, second race ever held in Qatar. And we already have a doozy. As I said before the break, there has been a change to qualifying. As you remember, I told you earlier that Lando Norris was second. However, Noah, breaking oh. news, that's not the case anymore. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. That's kind of what happened there. Lando Norris impeded track limits, so his lap time got deleted. So now the front row is Max Verstappen, George Russell, Oscar Piastri, and then Lewis Hamilton in the next spot. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's, I cannot believe this has happened. It's crazy that that happened, man. The results are set. Max Verstappen, George Russell. Oh, and they changed it again. Did Oscar Piastri get penalized? He must have. So it's now Max Verstappen, George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso. Wow. Wow. So that's the I guess, result of it now. I'm guessing that's like the uh, impeach track elements around, let's see, what turn is that? Track corner 15, I think. Was the one they were all kind of struggling with? Uh, I believe I know it's that third sector. I don't remember which exact corner they t- talked about having um, struggled with, and you could see it. They were all kind of going a little bit too far on the right whenever they were uh, turning there. Um, that's going to be something to watch out for the race as well, making sure nobody impedes those and serves the five second or whatever uh, penalties on their pit stops. That could be a potential storyline of this race. I think it could, too. Um, but also on the track, there is one DRS. It is straight down the main straight, 16 to 1. That looks like a long DRS zone. The DRS detection zone is right after turn 15. Pretty Looks like you're pretty flat out most of this lap. The, the biggest turn I think you're going to take is turn 1 to turn 2. Of course, there's a 90-degree a turn from going from 3 to 4, and then same with 5 and 6, basically. Down there... And then kind of back. You're kind of going flat out on if you hit this if you hit the turn right from 15 to 16. I think you can be going pretty fast in that one, especially if you have DRS. So look for a lot of overtakes to happen between that third and first sector. I think. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, where the passing zone is at. It's kind of like looking at uh, the Bahrain outer circuit. If you Griggs or the people at home remember that from uh, two years ago, kind of you're just kind of going in a with three straight lines and then having the squiggles up at the top. That's kind of how uh, the track feels at times, although this one is a little bit more technical with uh, first the first through uh, three turns and that turn 15 that kind of acts like a kink in between the two right-handers of 13 and four, 16. 
Yeah, I think this would be a good race too, just because again, we've not seen this. We've only seen this track once before. We've never seen this current track layout yet. Um, they've now signed an additional ten-year deal to host this from after 2023. Um, it was actually no. Did you know this? Designed primarily with motorcycle racing in mind. Yes, it's uh, kind of the same thing as Spain. Mm. Oh, I could that. see that. I could see yeah. how this kind of track layout kind of resembles that. I see what you're talking about. It's uh, it is kind of set up for motorcycle racing. I believe a lot of karting also takes place here in Qatar. I believe those are both uh, kind of the slick, not a lot of like heavy braking zones for karting or really motorcycles in that instance as well. It's yeah. kind of set up for that. I can see where you're saying the 5.4 uh, kilometer Luiso International Circuit is a fast and flowing track where medium and high speed corners predominate. So I can see can see what you're talking about. That over one kilometer of the track's total length is made up of the main straight which, again, as I said earlier, provides plenty of overtaking opportunities in the turn one. Um, Going to be really hot in Qatar. It will be really that's, hot Qatar. That's why they waited to have the World Cup there until November and December. So yeah. that's smart. So it's smart they have this race this far into the year. Um, but then again, I mean, what we've seen today, Red Bull did well. Sergio got out in Q2 again, so Max will be on pulse. It's going to be an interesting one, especially with the Mercedes having – Pretty decent lap times. I think Lewis Hamilton topped the leaderboard in either Q1 or um, or Q2. So, I mean, this could be a chance for Mercedes win because, again, like we said, I'm I'm still expecting Max at some point this season because he's not had to retire early yet. I feel like every driver really has to do that once in a season. I feel like that's the case, really. Take an early exit, not finish the race. I, I think it will be here because he could potentially win the championship here, right? Uh, he's like dangerously close. I, I know that they walk they the team locked it up last year. I mean, it could be important as you know script writers getting into it, making them go win in the United States over at Coda uh, in two weekends, right? Yeah, yeah, not this next weekend, but the next one. Um, could you know potentially see them win over in the United States for that American market? Um, I, I I just don't know, man. They haven't had any problems with it lately. I mean, they seem to figure stuff out after that. And then um, I think they could – I think Red Bull will still – I think Max will win this, I think. I'm not 100% sure you got to wait for the predictions for that. But, I mean, I I think that Mercedes is due for at least once – one one a year. Win one at least once a year. Kind of like how we talked about last year where they won in Brazil with George – I don't know, man. Lewis has been a while without a win. I think it's been all the way back to Saudi Arabia of 21 since he last won a race. So, Especially with this being a uh, sprint weekend. Mm-hmm. Could see some potential flare-ups in those cars. We have the sprint shootout tomorrow and then the actual sprint uh, later on in the day. I mean, it's not running that much with those cars, you never really can tell uh, about the re- reliability after – running that many laps and that many kilometers on those uh, F1 cars. Those feats of engineering known as F1 cars. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think this should be a good race. I'm not going to watch – I'm not going to be able to watch any of the action tomorrow, but it should be a good one, I think, especially with – they're just trying to get this sprint format thing to work. I'm not – I was a fan of – I like what they the sprint shootout. I think is kind of pointless. I think what they should do is qualifying is the qualifying for the sprint and the race. You don't need a separate qualifying for that just because of the wear it puts on the drivers and the cars. I think you just keep it at two practices, do qualifying, 
do P1 qualifying, P2 sprint, and then the race. I think that's a great way to do it because I, that sprint shit just seems unnecessary to me. What are your thoughts on that? I, I've never liked the sprint, Griggs. I've never liked it. I've seen it as sort of a gimmick. Uh, I understand that it brings more eyes to the product. I, I get that you kind of gimmick it up a little bit to bring those eyes. But I see it as a slippery slope. I just don't get why you would want to have gimmicks in what you're supposedly saying is a the upper echelon of motorsports. You know, it's kind of the same as, like, wrestling in that respect. If you, if you have all these important guys that you want people to take serious – don't let them do gimmick stuff. You know, keep gimmicks and important stuff on two different sides of the aisle. Mm. When they mix, it turns some people away, and the people you get in for them, the second you take the gimmick away, they're going to quit watching. And I, I think that's kind of the biggest problem that I see with these gimmick races, otherwise known as sprint shootouts. I get that. I see people talk about that. I think, again... It just shows that they really want close racing, so they have a short race to get more close racing. Really, I see. I think that's kind of their main reason behind if, it, besides more money. But still, if, that's if you everything. want close racing, uh, go watch NASCAR. Go watch something else. How do go, stages work again? I don't ask that question. <laughs> go go watch the Chili Bowl. Go watch your local dirt track or something. I don't know. Is that is that streaming on anything? Chili Bowl. Yeah, no. it's on YouTube. I was talking about like just, um, local dirt track. That was a joke. You get in your car and you go to the local dirt track and you buy a five dollar, not five dollar. You buy a two dollar coffee and a three dollar hot dog and you enjoy yourself. Fair enough. I mean, again, I think it, I'm interested to see what um, McLaren does in this one, especially since they got their lap times deleted because they were looking pretty fast. But as long as they stay in the inside the white lines, I think they could do good, especially if Lando gets a pit stop or a safety car ride, I think that he could see a potential podium again. But that's near and far between. I think that's – is that how the saying goes? Near and far between? Yeah. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't is. sound like that right to me. That doesn't sound right at It's all. been a long day. I've been up since 6.30 Why? studying. Yeah, test today? I'm a student I'm a student, a student journalist, not a student athlete. I'm a student journalist. You're st- but what comes first, though? Um, student, I decline that question. You're a student first, all right. You get in the, you get in the room and you study. That's what I did, man. That's Why didn't did. you just pull it on either? Because then I would have been done. They got well. they got Costa Coffee in the uh, library now. That would have been bad though. But that's gonna do it for our preview on the track. When we come back, it's time for everyone's fair part, a smooth operator as well as our own. It's time for the predictions. Me and Noah will give our predictions on what we think is gonna happen this week in Qatar. So do not go anywhere. Last segment of the show is coming up. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Welcome back to Smooth Operators. We got 15 minutes, well, no, excuse me, actually 10 minutes left to talk about our predictions for the Qatar Grand Prix. Griggs, go ahead and ask me these predictions. Go ahead and let, and let these people know the correct answers for this well, weekend. Ben's not here. Ben usually goes first. So that's kind of weird getting used to it. But, no, I can ask you them first. Well, we already had, we already had qualifying, so Noah. Who's going to win the sprint tomorrow? Who's going to win the sprint? 
Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the uh, sprint champion? Who's going to be the sprint champion? The sprint champion. I don't know who's going to be the sprint champion, but what I can tell you mm. is who's going to sit on pole for that next race. Um, <laughs> who's going to be at the top of the sprint shootout? Who's okay. Who's going to be the top of the sprint shootout? No, I'm kidding. The uh, winner of the sprint race on Saturday will be Max Verstappen. Yeah, I'm going to go Max, especially since really they're not they're, you're not pitting in the sprint race. You just go. So barring well, even if they did, they got one of the best pit crews in the uh, oh no circus, yeah so. no that's not wrong at all. It's just I'm just saying I think with the ability to just go that quick, especially with the amount of fuel they have in that car for the sprint. I mean he's just going to be going super fast, like it's going to be crazy. So I think Max will win that. I think I think he'll get pulled for the sprint shootout tomorrow as well. So. I think he can get that done relatively quick and relatively easy. All right, but next up, Noah. Who? What is your normal prediction? We'll just keep it normal on the show for a little bit. We like to keep things sane a little bit sometimes. My normal prediction. Remember, I used to say Taylor Swift was that was good. That was a good time. Now we're just doing that. For if NFL. only, if only she would date some F one driver, so we get all that media attention. Um. My normal prediction will be that we will have at least one track limits debate about that one seems, driver. Yeah, it seems pretty likely about to the happen. race, not about the qualifying, but at least one. Yeah, that seems race. pretty likely to happen. Not gonna lie. So that's a. I think that's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's a good job. All right, next up. Or sorry, I can't say mine. I'm so out of it today. Um, I think it. This isn't crazy, I don't think. I'm thinking double points for Alpine. Double points. I'm thinking double points Why for would you say that? Because I think it's going to happen. You, because they both had a good qualifying You session. are nothing but a – you got voodoo against that team. Pierre man. Gasly finished seventh and Esteban Alcott finished eighth. I think they can get double points. Yeah, but whenever you say they're going to do good, they can do bad. Well, we'll have to see this week. Maybe I'm changing, Maybe the tides are changing. You got, you got bad voodoo on you, man. No, I don't. Here, do it's this. fine. No, you gotta you gotta no, lick, you I'm gotta lick the thing. I'm, I'm not doing that, but I think I think that'll happen. All right, Noah, we have a little bit of time, but give me that crazy prediction you have. Like, what could go crazy? My crazy prediction is that Ben McCorkin will have mm. to buy a whole new engine for his truck. Um, oh boy, I'm kidding. Um, my Qatar crazy prediction is that in one of the wealthiest countries in the world, mm. Lance Stroll will get a top eight. What? In one of the wealthiest countries in the world, Qatar, mm-hmm. Lance Stroll will get a top eight. That's going to be pretty hard for him to do, especially since he started in Q1. Well, you know what? It's a wealthy country. Thanks, folks. I'll be here all night. Remember, tip your waitresses. It is a it is a wealthy country. Um, what to think? What to think? You know what? I'm gonna say it, Noah. I'm gonna do it. Pierre Gasly will no. I'm not gonna say that. I'm kidding. Uh, Logan's gonna get points. It's time. He's due. 16th isn't too much time to make up. That cowboy from Florida. I think he can do it. I think he can do it as well. He's got it. He's got that American in him. He's got that cowboy in him. He's got that cowboy. Let's try to predict what Ben's crazy prediction would be. His are usually not that crazy. 
Ben is going predict. Hang on. He is sending me thoughts straight to my head, you know, like Aquaman can do to fish. Mm. He is going to say that Shakira mm. will be at the Qatar Grand Prix. Whoa. That's a big one. That is a big one. It's a big one. Um, ben, ben told me that himself. Well, shout out to Ben then. <clears throat> All right, but it's time for our top three. Time for our podium. So, Noah, let's get it started with you. What is your podium? P3. Mm. George Russell. Mm. P2. Mm. Max Verstappen. Uh. And then P1. Mm-hmm. Y'all already know. Go it's ahead. Y'all already saying it right now. Charles Leclerc. You're just going to keep going until you get it once, right? I am. I, once. I'm going to get it multiple times. What you mean? It's not going to happen, though. You have no faith. I don't have any faith. I hope a horse prances on your coffin. Well, I'm going to rodeo tomorrow, so that could happen. Like the Mexican restaurant? No, like the rodeo, the Auburn rodeo. I could see wow. a horse. So you're, just, you're doing bad juju on my vibe, then. No, nah, that's on you. No. That's on you. All right. Uh, for me, I'm going to go... Oscar Piastri, P3, Lewis Hamilton, P2, Max, P1. Seems like a reasonable thing to say. I was going to say Lando, but 10 to, 10 to 3 is a little bit uh, too much to have happen, especially if he doesn't get it off the line, especially if there's less safety cars and stuff than we think. So, Yeah, and I think this will be a very safety car dependent race. I think this is going to be one of the craziest ones uh, that we'll have left on the calendar, unless Las Vegas turns into – Something crazy as well, but I think it's going to be a fun one, no matter what happens. I think it will be one as well, but we're going to end a little early. That's all we got for this episode of Smooth Operators. If you missed any of today's show, check it out on your favorite podcast platform a little bit later, but we'll see you again next week. For Ben McClurkin, who's not here, Noah Phillips, I'm Greg Splankenberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Have a great weekend, and worry. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.